Everybody stand up tonight. How many of y'all are excited to be in God's house? How many of y'all are expecting? Oh my goodness, are y'all expecting in this place? He is here and he's ready to pour himself out. Father God, we thank you. We magnify, worship, and honor you. We're here to lift you up. We're here to lay it all out. We're not going to be embarrassed or ashamed because you weren't embarrassed or ashamed to hang on a cross for us. You did so much. You are so much. And so we'll give you so much praise tonight. Come on, make your way to the front of this building. And let's fill this place. And let's give him some glory. Amen. Hallelujah.
It is a wonder. It is a miracle. It is beautiful. It is glorious. He has given us of himself, and there is nothing that is more precious than that name of Jesus. Oh, Lord, we give you so much praise. We thank you, Father God. I just pray, Father, over every woman here tonight, Lord, you just fill them fresh and new with your Holy Spirit. Fill them and set them on fire. Light them up, Lord. Fireworks going off in their spirits. Revelation coming so fast they can't even process it. Life flooding through their body and rebuking every sickness and disease. And health overcoming them so that their youth is renewed like the eagles. Father, these are the daughters of Sarah. And they are beautiful and they are gorgeous even at the ripe old age of 80, 90, 100. We're going to be beautiful, Father, because you have made us beautiful. You have made us in your image. And so we walk around reflecting your image. We reflect your glory and your goodness. Father, I just pray that every woman recognizes that she is filled with the glory of God. That it is your glory that is residing in her and on her. That she carries it about. She is a vessel for the living God and that she is worthy and she is glorious and she is perfect and she is wonderful. Oh, Father, I thank you for this revelation. I thank you, Father, that this, this word and this revelation gets deep down, deep down into the very pits of the soul, down into the roots so that no other root can remain. Just like Jesus cursed that fig tree at the root and it died, I curse any lie of the enemy that says you're unworthy, that you're not good enough, that you've fallen short, that you have failed, that you are not pretty, that you are not skinny enough, that you don't dress good enough, that you don't have style, that your hair is ugly, that your teeth are bad. Whatever lie the enemy has spoken to you, we just curse it right now. We command it to die. And we just put in the root, the seed of Jesus Christ that is beauty, that is glory, that is love and joy. And I just give you all the praise for that. Jesus, hallelujah. <laughs> hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Woo! Wow. <laughs> God is so good. God is so good. Oh, I could just sing of his praises forever, but I won't sing. I won't sing. But I could shout of his praises forever. I could, I could declare his goodness all day and all night, even in the face, even in the face of the most horrible things that have happened to me. I have declared the goodness of God. <laughs> I have stood and I have said, I don't care what happens. I don't care what comes. I know my God and I know it's all going to be okay because he is the one who upholds me. Hallelujah. I can celebrate him all day and all night. I can just lift his name in, in praise and worship. I just love it. I love you, Lord. Oh, Lord, we just love you and worship you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for being so good to us. Thank you for pouring out your love. Thank you for showing us who we are. Thank you for showing us who you have made us to be. Thank you. Hallelujah. 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 Well, welcome to Wonder Woman. <laughs> yes, we're going to have an awesome time tonight. Um, 
It's going to be fun. We're going to have some good time. So we're going to start off. Miss Kylie's going to come, and she's going to give some stuff away. Now it's working. <laughs> hey, hey, everyone. Ah, look at all these beautiful ladies. Oh, I'm so glad you're here. Who was here for Wonder Woman last year? Yeah, 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 yeah. You guys remember how bad Pastor Ramon brought it with our worship? We got some good news for that. Okay, so everyone should have gotten a bag. Everyone gets a bag for attending Wonder Woman. If you didn't get it, it's out there waiting for you. So everyone gets a bag. And it's got goodies in the bag. There's, that, Yeah, did you see that? We got fidgets. Keychain fidgets. So when those kids are stressing you out in the car and you're like, oh, okay. And you got, oh, there's lotion. There's hair clips. Huh? Yeah, clippy. Yeah. There's candy in here. All kind of good stuff in here. There's bracelets. All kinds of good stuff. Okay, so you have a bag waiting for you. And in the bag is this bomb.com card. Yeah? It says Rotunes on it. So last year, Pastor Ramon brought it, and we were, like, sweating up here, in po like, in pods. We were all like, yeah, like, it was hardcore. So you want his stuff. It's good. If you look on the back, there's a QR code, and if you scan that QR code, his uh, album Still Blessed, you get five free songs. Mm, yeah, he's so generous. Next Friday, he's coming out with another album called Spirit Elevator. That sounds so cool. That's just the coolest thing ever. And when I talked to his lovely wife, Stephanie, she said it's all about encouraging, and that's what we need right now. Like, come on. So, hop on there next Friday, and his whole other album will be available. So, we've got, it's like a double whammy. So, keep this card. Don't get rid of it after tonight. Now, for the prizes that everyone wants. Actually, you want to shake this up, babe? That way it's not. Oh. <laughs> All right. Everyone have their tickets ready? Yeah? Everyone got a ticket, right? Oh, someone said no? No, okay. Well, sorry about that. 624 1423. Leela! Hey! Yep. Yeah! Woo! Oh, that's exciting. All right, ready? Numero dos. 624 1413. I heard, I heard a lot of. Is it you? Yeah! Yeah! All right. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Huh? Oh, yeah. Thank you. Appreciate you. Six, two, four. Don't you love when I say the first three numbers because it's the same one? You're all, like, super annoyed, just, like, building the anticipation. <laughs> one, three, nine, eight. 
Oh, Tammy. Hey. Woo. I'll hand it. I'll bring it to you this time. <laughs> okay, ready? Six, two, four, one, four, two, two. Is you? <laughs> awesome. <laughs> you want to come on this side? Okay. Six, two, four, one, four, two, one. Hey, Tiffany. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> All four, first four over here. Last four over here. Uh, okay, ready? Six, two, four, one, four, two, zero. <laughs> oh, there's two more. Y'all better start breathing hot on those tickets. Ready? Six, two, four, one, four, zero, eight. I'm going to repeat that. Six, two, four. Is that you? <laughs> one, four, zero, eight. Three. Two, one. Oh, mute. Sorry about this. Oh, so there's two one four zero eights in here. Well, if it gets if the other one gets called, then I know where to go. Six two four one four zero four. It's an O four. That's who, the, hey, yeah. All right, last one. Ooh. Oh, <laughs> no stinking way. Six, two, four, one, four, oh, eight. That's you, hey. Now that's cool. That's really stinking cool. There's quite a bit left in here for that. I know. She was like, listen, if you don't. <laughs> all right. Well, how awesome that you're all here, and we're so excited to see you all. And Wonder Woman's three days this year, which is the best thing ever, right? You can't just get one night. You can't just get two nights. We got to go into breakfast. And aren't the men serving us breakfast? Come on now. Come on now. That's right. All right. So let's get excited for some uh Pastor Rebecca. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> well, surprise. It said one thing on the card and we did another. So there you go. You never know what's gonna happen till you get here. So oh look, I got I got my book with everything in it, receipts and notes and all my Wonder Woman stuff. <laughs> Not just sermon notes. I got all my notes in here. I think I do. I might have brought the wrong book. That'd be good, right? So I do want to welcome everybody here to our Wonder Woman this year. I am super excited uh, because we have Miss Candace. I love her. I love her. She's like, 
She's like my, she's like me in an alternate reality where I could sing. Because I, I so worship like that at home when no one can hear me or see me. I am like the worshiper of worshipers, right? I'm screaming and yelling. I'm jumping the furniture. I'm, you know, me and God, we get down. Uh, so I have, um, I have a really good time when I worship, but I can't sing. It's horrible. So I'm glad that I'm glad she sings loud, and I'm glad our music is loud because then I sing really loud, and nobody can hear me. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, nobody can hear me. So I feel like I actually lost my notes. I think I put them in my spiral and left it in there in the office. All right. So <clears throat> our conference this year is um, it's uh, uh, leading through worship. Um, and that doesn't mean being a worship leader. That's not what that means. <laughs> it means leading uh, through worship. Worshiping is where we get um, our revelation from God. It's where we receive from God to be able to lead people. It's where it's how we come into communion with him. That's one of the ways is when we worship. Because, you know, worshiping isn't just um, singing and, and, and the words that we say, words of praise. Worship is an attitude. Worship is an attitude. It's also a position, it's also a position. In the Old Testament, uh, the priest, they held the position of a priest. And they did uh, acts of service. They did sacred uh, services in the temple to God. And that was worship. They were also leaders, not the way we think of leaders necessarily, uh, because they weren't, um, they weren't teaching them the word, and they weren't teaching them things like that. They were teaching them the law, and they were teaching them the rituals. They were teaching them how to sacrifice. They led them in the act of sacrifice. And so they were leaders, and so they were leading them in worship. But we've read in the Bible about different priests, so we know that some of them did not lead uh, through worship. <laughs> Some of the priests were, you know, you got corruption everywhere, right? Even in the temple of God. Um, so, so it wasn't just there. Uh, it wasn't just worship all the time. Some of them just did the law. Some of them just collected what they could get. Some of them just lived off of the sacrifice because they got, they got to partake of the sacrifices. So, so that's, that was their act of worship was sacrificing animals uh, and adhering to the law. And so that was, that was a position that they held. And then it's also an attitude like in the New Testament in Romans. Um, I want to read Romans 12, 1. It's just one scripture, so I'm probably going to read it before you get there. But I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. So that is our, I'm sorry, Paisley, can you go into pastor's office and get my spiral off of that chair? Thank you. I, do, I don't want to miss out 
on any of the wonderful scriptures I had lined up. I could probably remember them, but I probably wouldn't remember where they are. <laughs> um, so this is our this is our um, our act of worship is sacrificing our body. Some of the words for worship in the Bible, there's a lot of them. There's a lot of them. Some of them mean uh, a position to prostrate yourself, to get down on your face. Um, some of them uh, mean um, uh, singing or, or, or proclaiming praise. Um, one of them actually refers to a, uh, a, a misconception that they had uh, back in the day that by sacrificing, by killing a disciple, you were offering a sacrifice to God. This is where Paul got his, his little, um, thank you, his little thing where he was running around killing the people in the church and putting them in prison because he thought he was offering a sacrifice to God by killing these disciples, by killing the people who were, who were coming to Jesus. And so he was thought he was worshiping God by this sacrifice. So Paul, when he says this here, when he says present your body as a living sacrifice, what he's saying is we're not going to kill anybody. We're not going to actually bring death to a person or ourselves, but we're going to give every single part of our lives in offering and in sacrifice to God. This is this is the least we could possibly do for all that he has done. And so this is what Paul is referring to. He's not just saying um, to give everything. He's actually countering a belief that he held prior. And everyone knew him as the one who went around killing the saints. And so now he's showing them how wrong he was and what it really means to offer a life in sacrifice. Jesus was the only one who had to die. No one else has to die. He was the only one. And so he's the only one who has, offered, who has to offer sacrifice. We offer our lives and every part of our lives. Everything that we do, everything that we think, um, every, our work, our job. It doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what we do. And anywhere we go in our lives... Um, because we are to be in an attitude and a position of worship that makes us leaders. It's your leader because people see it. People see the glory of God on you. People see you living this sacrificial life. And they might not even recognize that you're making a sacrifice. They might look at your life and think, dang, she's got it so good. She's got it going on. Her life is just easy. She's got everything. But what they don't realize is your heart is always surrendered to God. That your thoughts are always on Him. That you are always thankful and grateful for everything that you have because you know that you have received it from Him. And so, <clears throat> all right, give me a second. I'm going to see if I can find my, I may just. I may just not even be able to find one scripture other than that one. <laughs> but you know what? Bong. There we go. Boom shakalaka. That's it right there. That's it right there. Looking all over. See, this is how God helped me get it together. Hey, God helped me get it together. Okay, so... 
<clears throat> this is our position as, of worship. This is our attitude of worship. And uh, our worship is how we see God, is how we get revelation from God. Our worshiping God is the attitude that brings us into communion with him. This is how we receive from him. And when when we receive from God, then we become leaders because we reflect his life and we reflect his image. And so we become a leader to people around us because they are drawn to that light. They are drawn to that life. And so they naturally want to do what you do and they want to be what you are and they want to have what you have. Have you ever seen anybody that you just look at them and you're like, wow, I wish I was that happy, or I wish I had that good of an attitude, or I wish I had that sweet of a demeanor. Like, there's just something about him, and you're like just drawn to it, and you don't even know what it is. I guarantee you that it is the glory of God that is so radiating out of them. Just like Moses, when he went up on the mountain and he came down and he was shining with the glory of God, but that was from outward. How much more do we shine because it comes from inside? It comes, it's a constant radiating of the presence and life of God that flows out of us. And so we have to, uh, we have to stay in that place. So <clears throat> this is what worship is. This is like just a quick overview of what worship is. Worship is the response of a grateful and humble people to the living God. Submission, sacrificial service, praise, professions, testimony, and gratitude that are freely expressed in innumerable ways. That is worship. So how do we get to the place where, where we lead through worship, where we, we are on this, um, I hate words like level, because I guess in our minds we always think we're getting higher up, closer to God. God's up there, we go higher, we get closer, but okay, so we're just going to go with that. We'll just leave that there. <laughs> so we get on another level with our worship uh, by recognizing uh, and knowing who God is. And what he has done for us. <clears throat> because he has called you all to be leaders. If you don't believe me, ask Jesus. Because he said, go and make disciples. Well, you're leading people if you're making disciples. So he told everyone to lead. So we don't just lead, though, by making disciples. Wherever you are in your life. To be a leader and to be effectual and to fulfill what God has purposed for you, um, you have to be in that place of worship. And, and so how do we do that? What, is that? what does that look like? Well, <clears throat> when we know God and fully recognize who he is, then our only response is to have that attitude of worship and the position of worship. So we know, uh, we have to know God's heart towards us. So we have to know uh, his will towards us. And I think in the New Testament, it says things like goodwill toward men and, and these things. I can't tell. See, I'm terrible at, um, no, it's a bad confession. I'm not going to confess that. But I don't know the scripture reference off the top of my head. But I do know this one. In Jeremiah uh, 1, 5. Mm 
you would think when I put lotion on my hands, it would help with these pages. It just makes them turn colors, that's all. <laughs> am, I the, really, am I the only one whose Bible is like weird colors now from all the lotion I put on my hands? Okay, God says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations. That's pretty good. (laughs) That's pretty good. Before he knew us, he formed us in the womb. He knew who we were. He consecrated us. He made He made a place and a plan and a purpose for you that has been planned from the foundation of the world. You have been on God's mind since the beginning. You have to know these things. We have to know them. We have to have have them so deep inside of us and be so fully persuaded that we uh, constantly live and walk in that state of mind of who we are because of who God says we are. And so um, let's look at Jeremiah 29, 11. Um, He says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for welfare and not for evil, to give you a future and a hope. A future and a hope. Now, he's talking about Jesus, but he's also talking about what happens after we accept Jesus. Sometimes we we talk to people and we we tell people about Jesus, and then we forget to tell them what happens after. And they're just kind of wandering around going, okay, now what? I did. Sometimes I still do. (laughs) Sometimes I'm still like, okay, God, now what? (laughs) I did this, now what? Now where do I go? Now what do I do? Um, so we have, to, we have to know that God has a plan. He has a purpose. From, from the very beginning, we've always been on his mind. He's always, he's always thought of us. Always. I mean, think about that for a second. The God of the universe had you on his mind and was thinking of you and considering you, meditating about you from the beginning Because that's why he did everything that he did in creation was just for us. In Ephesians 2.10, it says we were created in Christ Jesus for good works. For good works, God created us. So he knew what you would do. He knew what he would have you do. He knew what, what you would be capable of doing because you would be filled with his power. Not your own. And so he knew that you would be able to accomplish everything that he set before you. And in Isaiah uh, 43.7. I want to go to that one. In 43.7 he says. Everyone who is called by my name. Whom I created for my glory, whom I formed and made. So God has has been thinking of us and considering us. He had a purpose and he had a plan. And when we really understand that, when we understand how precious we are to him, how valuable that we are, how important we are, 
then we worship him. We have that attitude of worship. We have that position of worship. But we have to understand completely what all went in to our creation. Because I think sometimes we kind of just take it for granted. We just take it for granted. We read it all the time. And, and on day one, God said, let there be light. And on day two, I don't know what he said. <laughs> I didn't learn those Bible verses yet. Um, so we just, we just take it for granted. We hear it all the time. And so we don't pay much attention to it anymore, you know. God said, let us make man in our image. Okay, that's great. That's wonderful. Yay, we cheer for that. And we should. But the problem is, we cheer for it when someone else says it. And then we don't say it to ourselves. We don't keep it in our mind. We don't keep it always in front of us so that our heart stays in that position of worship. We forget. And I don't mean we forget forever, but we forget until someone else reminds us, you know, until, until something bad happens and then we're trying to stir ourselves up or something, you know. That's what we do. But uh, we have to consider the creation of man, what God did. And I know that we've all heard it, that he took the dust, he took the dust of the earth and then he blew in his nostrils. Well, that's not the story I'm telling. I'm going to tell you a different story. So God had a plan, and he had a place for us. So as I was um, thinking about uh, this, God showed me something um, about being a mother. About being a mother. And it's, it's, like, it's like being a mother. We, we know what that means when uh, we get pregnant, and then we, we begin to prepare for our child. That's what a mom does. That's what parents do. We begin to, you know, get a room ready and paint and buy things and pick out names and all that stuff, right? But there's more to it than that. Because even though we're not aware of it, we have been planning for our children our whole lives. From the time we were little and we would play, we'd play baby dolls. You were getting an image of what you thought your child would be, what they would look like, what they would do, what they would grow up to be, what you would grow up to be. We began to imagine what our lives would look like. And that's, that's, that's what God did. He had us in mind. And so he was preparing a place for us. And that's what parents do. That's what mothers do. Um, they, they, they began to say, you know, is it a boy or a girl? Because these things determine what kind of a place they're going to prepare. But even before that, they say, I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids and I'm going to have this job and that job. And I'm going to need this kind of house because I want to have kids and I need extra bedrooms. And, you know, and even when we're really young and we get married, and we live in a shoebox, and then we're all sad because the baby can't fit. And so then we're like, well, I can't have no kids now. I ain't got nowhere to put them. What am I going to do? Keep them in the trunk? Uh, but we have it in mind. We don't consider how much we have put into uh, planning for our family and planning for their lives, 
Um, so, so knowing, knowing uh, these things, you have them in your mind. And so as you begin to prepare for your child, you begin to make these plans. Is it a boy or a girl? Because that's going to determine what kind of clothes you buy, what color paint you put on the wall, what color crib you buy, what kind of toys you have. I mean, I know little girls that play with dinosaurs and fire engines, but we just tend to do, you know, we tend to buy girl stuff for girls and boy stuff for boys. And then, and then our house, we, we think about our house, you know, uh, is this a good neighborhood? Uh, do I have plenty of room? Do I have a nice yard? Will it fit a swing set? Can I, can I con my husband into a pool out of this? <laughs> and, then, and then knowing, too, like, is there one or is there two? <laughs> is there three? <laughs> These things all go into the preparation that we make in preparing a place for our child. These things are all part of it. And then we begin to imagine, uh, uh, you know, once, once we get pregnant and once we, we know we have a child on the way, then we begin to bring up other things that have been buried in our memories, like uh, what kind of schools are they going to go to? Are there, is there good preschools? Do I need to get them on a list? Um, what about high school? Is there a good one around? Or what if they play sports? Is it a good high school for sports? Uh, what about college? Are they going to go to an Ivy League college? What's it going to look like at family holidays? And, and, you know, we picture our parents with our, with our kids and them, you know, being happy grandparents and, and playing with our kids and loving, you know, we have these imaginations in our minds. We have these thoughts. We have these plans. We have these expectations and most of the time, we're not even aware that we have them. We even, even before we ever have children, I believe that we have, have already imagined and planned as far out as great-grandchildren uh, and great-grandchildren and, and, and what, who will be left when we go on. We don't necessarily become aware that we have those thoughts until we begin to have kids and grandkids and all that. But then when you start having them, they're really familiar. Those thoughts are really, they're like, oh, yeah, I kind of knew that. I kind of thought about that before. Um, so we have, we have all of these, these things in our minds. Well, that's the way God created us. He didn't just, he didn't just say, you know, oh, a tree over there, a cow over there, let's put a lady over there, you know. It was not just a, a whim. It wasn't just something he just spit out, you know, just to fill a space. Everything was created for us. So we were thought of before anything else was made. And so God then created us to inhabit the place he had prepared. And it wasn't just a place like the physical earth. It wasn't just a, a planet to live on. It was a place in his family. It was a place in his heart. We were created, uh, we were made, we are made up of God's thoughts. We're made out of his intentions and his motivations and his love. Everything about us was planned and purposed. You don't like your hair? Talk to God. But you better like it 
you better learn to like it. Because when you don't like it, that's not an attitude of worship. It's not an attitude of worship. And I know that sometimes there's things about us that, that go wrong uh, because we live in this fallen world. And so we want to say, well, I don't like my hair because it's really bad because, you know, I've had this or that. And now it's thin or it's breaking off or, you know, I've had to undergo chemo and now I have none. But I'm going to tell you, with the grace of God, we can be grateful in any situation. And we can be thankful and we can declare and, and speak out of faith and believe him and get in that attitude of worship. And then the things that we're believing for will come to pass. We can, we now hold the power of creation because God put that in us. So we can, we can speak these things into existence. It's as we say, when we say what God says, it's as we say. And so we, we're not subject to the things of this world. So we can have uh, this attitude of worship because we know where we come from. We don't just come from God. We come from every part of God. He put everything he is into us. Everything he is. Think about uh, your kids and your grandkids when you, when you look at them and, and you see uh, resemblances to family members and, and you think, oh, there's granddad in there and they've got, you know, Uncle Jimmy's toes and whatever. You're seeing the family. You're seeing family in there. That's every part of you. That's your, all of your DNA, all of your makeup. It's all in there. All of it. Some parts of it just might be more obvious, you know, in the color of hair or the, or the shape of their hands. I look at my hands. My hands look just like my mother's hands. It's really strange because now they're beginning to look more like my mother's hands. <laughs> we, got, we got some of the same laugh lines on our hands. <laughs> <laughs> so, so they look more and more like my mother's hands every day. Because <laughs> so when you're young, you don't notice it. By the time you notice it, your mama's hands got a little more skin on them than they used to have. So anyway, um, we're made up of all of the thoughts of God, all of the parts of God. He breathes his very life in us. And so when we think about that, when we consider how we're made, and these are the scriptures that I was reading. This is what they're talking about. They're talking about consider how you were made. Consider how you were created. Not just because God said it, but because God thought it. And he thought it so much that it happened. He thought you with so much power that you happened. And when we meditate on that, when we think about that, when we have revelation of these things, then we can stay in worship. We can stay grateful. We can stay humble. And then we begin to uh, exude the glory of God. It just, it just begins to radiate off of us. It just begins to, to come out of our pores. <laughs> and, and we speak like him and we, we move like him and we act like him. And we don't even realize that we're doing it because all we see is him. Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I see my father, hear my father say. 
I say a lot of things God never said. <laughs> Just putting that out there. <laughs> I've done a lot of things God never did. But he is changing me every day. I become more and more like him. The more I'm in his presence, the more I'm in worship, then the more I become like him. So when we know the plans and purposes God has ordained for us, then we can step into them with boldness, knowing who we are, because we know why and how we were created. So when you understand that, that God has made you with such intricate, intricate detail, that he has, is, you've been meticulously planned, you've been, everything about you has been orchestrated and, 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 and molded, nothing just happened, and, and I just can't stress enough that, I mean, God showed me this, and when he showed me this, I just, all I could do was just weep for I don't know how long, it was one of those revelations where you just cry, and people are like, you okay, I'm good. Everything all right? It's wonderful. You know, it's one of those. You just can't help it because you're so worshipful. You're so blessed. You're so um, humbled and so grateful to be considered. Uh, Most of the time we walk around saying, well, you know, we have this attitude of I'm just, I'm just grateful that God even considered me. No, no. Those are crumbs. Those are crumbs that fall off the table we don't pick up the crumbs and eat them. We sit at the table. We eat the full feast. We eat the whole thing. We're the blessed of the Lord. We don't just take little bits. God made me on purpose. He made me glorious. He made me wonderful. He made me perfectly for his purpose and his plan. There's nothing missing, nothing lacking. Anything that's been twisted or made crooked, God will make it straight. I don't have to work. I don't have to toil. I just have to rest in the Lord and take advantage of every great thing that he has done for me. We sell ourselves short. We just take the leftovers. We settle and we compromise instead of standing and declaring who we are, who God says we are, and saying it bold and saying it proud and saying it loud and letting everybody know who gives a rip if they think you're arrogant or conceited. Who gives a crap? They don't got to live your life. They don't got to walk in your shoes. They don't got to pay your bills. They don't got to live with your husband. They don't got to do nothing in your life. No, don't care what they think. You tell them. I am a daughter of the Most High. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Our identity and our purpose are inseparable. They're inseparable. You will do according to who you think you are. If you want to know what you really think about yourself, look at, look at the things you do. Look at the things you say. And you will know what you really think of yourself. And if you think like God thinks, or if you think like the world tries to tell you to think, you'll locate yourself real quick. Our original purpose uh, was to live and thrive and be in a relationship with the Father. In Genesis, <clears throat> and I know a few years ago when we had uh, the Wonder Woman uh, shot in the arm, 
we did, we talked about our authority and, and um, our identity in Christ. So I know, and then, and train uh, is a big part of our foundation here at Lake Church. And so we all know and have heard multiple times about, you know, our identity and why God made us and, 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 and how we're supposed to be living. So in Genesis 1, 28 through 31, it says, And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heaven and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant-yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food, and to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. We're, listen, God blessed them. I don't know what we think that means, but it means a whole lot more than what we think because we don't live like God blessed us sometimes. We live, we live according to what we think that means, not what God said it was because God said it meant to be fruitful. Now, that's not, that's not like the little Mormon church where it means have all the babies. <laughs> Being fruitful is not just not just multiplying your children. Being fruitful is multiplying Jesus in other people. Being fruitful is, is putting out there everything that you have and everything that you are, whether it's your, your wealth or your business or your, or your goods, whatever it is, you're fruitful and you're multiplying it over and over again in other people. Not just in you, so you can store it up. He says, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. It doesn't mean just fill it with children. We are to fill it with every single blessing that God blessed them with. (laughs) Those blessings, we are to be multiplying those blessings. We multiply those blessings. God blessed us, now we multiply. We be fruitful. (laughs) And we are supposed to subdue the earth and have dominion. And he's given us everything. He gave us everything. Everything we need to eat. Everything we need to wear. Everything we need that um, pertains to life and godliness. We have been given. But that's an abundant life. That's not just, that's not just, just surviving. That's not just getting by. God has given us so much more. And so we are supposed to live and thrive and be in relationship with our Father. That was His purpose. That was His plan. When He said, I'm going to have cute little babies. We were never cute little babies. Adam and Eve weren't cute little babies. But I'm going to have cute little babies. And I, I'm going I'm to make this great place for them. And I'm going to give them everything. Don't we want to give our kids everything? God wants to give us everything, and he did give us everything. Sometimes we just don't recognize all that we have. And so we're, we're not in a position or an attitude of worship. So this is still our purpose. And when we live according to that purpose, 
then we are revealing to those around us what the goodness of God looks like and what they can have. <clears throat> we, we always say around here, I think Pastor Kevin started it saying Jesus wasn't just an example for us. He was an example of us. And then we're supposed to be an example of him. But I think sometimes we fall short. And it's not because, listen, it's not because you're broken or you're stupid or you're never going to get it. It's because we don't have the right attitude about who we are and who God is. If you do not see God as good, if you do not see him as have given you everything, if you do not see him the way he tells you to see him in his word, then you're not going to live like that. You're not going to live as his image. You are not going to represent God in the right way. You're not going to be Jesus. You're going to be just like everybody else. But he gives us all we need to be able to do that. He gives us his grace. He, give, he gave us his spirit. And so all we have to do is trust in him and lean on him. And he will, he will make those things come to pass in our life. When we work and we, we think, oh, i got to change my attitude. Or i got to change the way I talk. Or i got to quit being so loud. Or i got to quit being so quiet or whatever it is we're putting on ourselves to create an outward change and we are not focusing on God and letting him change us from the inside and so anything that we do is not going to be lasting it's going to be temporary everything we do is temporary only what God does remains and abides forever so when we multiply when we are fruitful it's God's fruit it's not our fruit and it will remain when we get to the, to the other side of this world, we're going to realize all of the things that were just ours and not God's because they won't be there no more. <laughs> They're going to be burned up. <laughs> and we're going to be left with not quite so much as we thought we had. We thought we were going into this loaded, right? <laughs> and like, I'm taking all my goodies with me. And God says, no, yours aren't allowed, only mine are. But we have to let him do it. We have to let him be the one who creates this change in us and the one who lives through us. And we do that in our worship. When we enter into worship, when we enter into this communion with God, when we place ourselves into this submitted position and we sacrifice and we give, we associate sacrifice with pain because sometimes it is painful. But really sacrifice is just choosing God over yourself. That's all it is. It's just, it's just choosing God first. But we, we make it about choosing stuff. Choosing things. Choosing our time. You know? We make it, we make it about the outward things and not the inward things. And, and all we, we really just need to say, I choose you, God. I choose you. And then we become those vessels that he has created uh, for worship. So we lead through our example that way. We lead uh, just like Jesus did. Jesus was the example um, of us. And so everything that he did, you see that after, after he uh, 
filled the disciples with the Holy Spirit, that then they began to do what he did. They began to do what he did. They, what they saw him do, then they did. Because Jesus said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. And so through him, they were able to recognize who God was. You know, <clears throat> all the names in the Bible, and I love the names of God, but of all the names in the Bible, and all of, the, all of those, um, I don't even know them all, El Shaddai and Tiskindu, and I don't even know what they are, honestly. I mean, I know them, but I don't, can't remember them right off the top. Anyway, all of those names, they are, they are names of a characteristic or an attribute of God. All of the prophets, all the way up to Jesus, that's what they did, was they came and proclaimed uh, an attribute or a characteristic of, characteristic of God. The only name that Jesus used was my father was Father. That was the only name he used, Father. He revealed who God was as a person, who he was as in regards to us. It wasn't just a, a provider. It wasn't just um, healing. It wasn't just uh, 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 your, your vindication or your justice. It wasn't just these characteristics, these things that God does for us. It was who he is to us. Jesus revealed him as the Father, as our Father. And we have to get that revelation. We have to get that revelation of God as Father. And that comes through worship. It comes through worship. It comes through that attitude of submitting and sacrificing, laying it all down. We sing the songs. We sing them all the time. I surrender all, I lay it all down, all these things, at the cross, at the cross. I mean, we sing them, but we don't have revelation of them. We have knowledge of them, but we don't have revelation of them because we don't live from those perspectives. We don't live out of those thoughts and, and live in a way that reflects that attitude of worship. And we don't stay in that position of worship. We can often see God as good, but we fail to see his goodness toward us. We say God is good. If I say, how has he been good to you? How quick is your response going to be? And how many can you list? Most of the time it's going to be short and sweet. <laughs> And if we're in a bad mood, it's going to be zero. <laughs> that's, the way, that's the way we do, right? That's what we do. When we let our, our mind, our emotions, our thinking, our own desires, we let them get in the way of who God is. And then we live out of those things instead of living out of God's goodness and, and knowing that he is good. That's what we do. We don't see his goodness toward us. Even though his word tells us over and over that he has goodwill towards us, that he's purposed good for us, that he's made us for good works, that he has anointed us, that he has appointed us, that he has made us fully capable because we're filled with his spirit. We don't see that. We just see us. We just see our flesh. We just see ourselves. And we put that higher than God. 
We choose ourselves instead of choosing God. And so then we're not in worship anymore. Well, we are. We're just not in worship to God. <laughs> we're in worship to ourselves and to our schedule and to our jobs and to our husbands and to our families and to all of these things that come. I'm not saying you have to give those things up. I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying you do what God tells you to do because it's between you and God. God may have me not be able to do something that you're free to do all day long. Every, every relationship with God is personal, so it's definitely different. So you can't take someone else's do's and don'ts and apply them to yourself and expect to gain anything. You're probably going to just gain some misery because you're going to fail at keeping whatever God's helping them to keep, and then you're going to be wondering where God's at. Well, you didn't let him in to begin with. What makes you think he's going to come in later? You know? So we have, to, we have to see God as good. We have to see his intention toward us. We have to see his motivation in creating us. We have to understand the love that he put into who we are and how he made us. Because we can, we, can we can live outside of God's plan. You can live outside of everything God had planned for you. I did. I did for 33 years. Well, I did longer than that, but at least at 33 years old, I began to realize it when I got saved. So we can live apart from God. We can live outside of his plan and his purpose for us. We can, we can do what we want. We can live how we want. We can marry who we want or don't marry. You know, we can do all that. But you can never change his plan for you. That's how come when you, when you venture away it's always just one step right back in. You can go a hundred steps away, but it's still just one step right back in. Because his plan for us never changes. His purpose never deviates. He doesn't say, you know what? I think that you were right, Rebecca. I think that you should be a worship leader. So I'm going to go ahead and anoint you with a wonderful voice because I was wrong in not giving you that. <laughs> yeah, that don't happen. <laughs> that doesn't happen. God doesn't change his mind. He doesn't change his plan. He doesn't change his purpose. He doesn't rethink things and, and, and decide, you know what? She's never going to do that. So we do that. Especially with our kids. They're never going to do this, so I'm just going to go ahead and let him do that. But that doesn't work with God. And when we live outside of his purpose, when we live outside of his plan that he made for us, that, that, that foundation and then that building and then that hope and that life, when we get outside of all that, then we just, we're just walking in misery we're just walking in misery. I, I love how, no, I don't love it. No, I'm not going to lie. I do take a little bit of joy when I see people who don't live for God. I'm talking like those rich people and famous people, and, and they don't live for God, and then their life goes to crap, and you see them on there boohooing. Why my life suck? Well, let me tell you. I'll tell you why your life sucks. Because God ain't in it. <laughs> God ain't in it. That's why. And that's the same way with us. When we live outside of his plan, when we live outside of his purpose, we're going to have misery. We're, gonna, we're setting ourselves up for failure and defeat. And then we're going to walk around depressed and boo-hoo and wanting to know why. Nothing goes right for me. Why is it always raining on my parade? Well, 
you ain't in your parade. <laughs> You're in somebody else's. Get back in your own. And then it might quit raining. <laughs> Get back in what God has for you. Because what something is created for, when it's created before anything is ever made, just like, you know, when God, he talks about the potter and pottery, and before he ever makes anything, the potter thinks and knows exactly what it's going to be used for, what color it is, what shape it is. He has a purpose and a plan for it. Well, when you are created with the purpose and God has a plan for your life and you get outside of that, nothing is going to work right all of the time. You might have moments where it's like, yeah, but most of the time it's not going to be that way. So we have to stay in that place of worship, and we have to stay in that right attitude of, of gratitude and thankfulness, knowing who God is, who he made us to be, what that looks like for our life. Because the more time that we spend in worship, when we worship God and we talk to God and we commune with him, we go from generalities, you know, general uh, uh, revelation and general uh, communion with God uh, to specifics. God goes from, I've, I've saved you, I sent Jesus to save you, and then he says, oh, and I, I want you to go here, and I, I want you to do this, and I want you to minister to that person, and I want you to start this outreach, and I want you to go to that church, I want you to marry this person. Mm-hmm. God's real specific. Do you, I'm, listen, he is not going to spend more time telling them how to build the temple than he spent in creating you. The detail that God goes into. You want to know the detail God has? You want to know how detailed he is? Read Leviticus and Numbers and <laughs> those are some details. God is about the details, and every detail about you, he has purposed and planned. There is nothing that he did not consider when he made it. Nothing. That is wonderful. That is wonderful to know that God has, has such uh, care and consideration that he has, has put so much of his self and his time. I mean, I think about when I'm cleaning and cooking and taking care of my family or or doing stuff here at the church and how much I put of myself into it how much you know we say blood sweat and tears <laughs> we do it we do it at our jobs we do it in our homes we do it at church we put ourselves into it and 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 we want it to be good and we want it to be good for other people and we want them to be blessed by the work that we've done God wants no less for us he wants us to recognize everything that he's done for us and how he made us so that we can walk around with that attitude and that position of worship so that we can continually walk in the blessings, always being fruitful, always multiplying his blessings out to those who are around us, glorifying him with our testimony, proclaiming his goodness always, celebrating the life of the Holy Spirit that has resurrected us from the dead. This is his purpose for us. It's wonderful. It's huge. It's glorious. <laughs> it's more than we can imagine sometimes. But when we get into worship, when we get into communion, and he fills us with that, 
When he gives you those visions, when he gives you those, those dreams, when he gives you those intuitions and those motivations and those inspirations, when he places those desires in your heart and he says, do this for me, he's really saying, do this because I have it for you. And when you do it, you're going to be so happy. Amen. You're going to be so fulfilled. You're going to be so blessed. He is trying to get us into the place that he has made for us. You have a place. You have a place. You have a position. God made it. He thought it out. He created everything to revolve around us. We are the center of his universe. That is the truth, sister. That is the truth. You lay your head down tonight and go to bed and dream about that. Those are some sweet dreams, knowing you're the center of God's universe. But that sounds bold, doesn't it? It sounds like audacious, and that girl needs to stop with herself. (laughs) But we have to be that way because we can't just wait for someone someone else to always do that for us. I was talking to Sierra before service, and you you know she's a a worship leader because that girl was exhorting me. She was saying things. I was like, tell me, tell me how, tell me how I am. Tell me it's all good, you know. She was building me up. But we can't, we can't have somebody running around beside us, pumping us up all day, telling us to, you know, who we are and what we're supposed to be doing. We have to listen to God for that. We have to have that inside of us. That has to be our belief. We don't just believe in Jesus and, and believe that he was a, uh, alive and that he exists. We have to believe everything he says. We have to believe it all, and then we have to live it. We have to live it. We have to be who he has created us to be. And don't settle for less. Don't settle for less. Don't sell yourself short. Don't let anybody else. If you've got dreams and and you've got aspirations and, and you believe that that's what God has for you, don't let anybody stand in your way. I'm not saying you got to knock them down, but I'd cheer you on if you did. But, um... (laughs) What you got to do is you got to stand in the word of God. You got to stand strong. You got to resist the enemy so he will flee from you. You have to take authority. You have to be the one to take on the armor of God and defeat those things that come after you. You can't rely on anyone else because God's given you all that you need. And he equips us and he keeps... uh, uh, He keeps refilling that. It's like, you know, free refills when you go to the restaurant. They just keep filling your pop cup. Filling it, filling it, filling it, filling it. They come by, see it's empty, they fill it up again. Before you know it, you drink two two liters of Dr. Pepper at dinner, right? Well, that's the way God does. (laughs) He just keeps filling the Holy Spirit up in us. He just keeps filling us up with glory. He just keeps filling us up with joy. He just keeps pouring it in and pouring it in. So the more you drink, the more he's going to pour it in. The more you drink, the more full he's going to make it. You're never going to run out. You're never going to be lacking. You're never going to be missing what you need. God's got more than enough. 
He doesn't have anything that's in short supply. He has given us everything. We just have to recognize it. We have to recognize who he is. We have to see who he is, and we have to believe his word, and we have to take him at his word, and we have to live the life that he has created for us to live as worshipers, as leaders, as his children, as daughters of the king. Hallelujah. God is so good. God is so good. He is so wonderful. He has blessed me. I'm going to tell you, you know, being, um, I don't even know. Descriptive words sometimes escape me. Well, let me say ones I can say out loud. (laughs) Um, Or that I should say out loud. I used to be... um, you would, you would have thought I was confident. You would have thought that I was secure in who I was. You would have thought just by looking at the outward, you know, just at a glance that I, I, was, I was okay with who I was. But inside, I was not. I was not. And, and over the years... How I saw myself, what I thought of myself, what I believed about myself, and what I believed about God, the wrong things I believed about God, took a toll in my body. And uh, sickness and disease manifested in my flesh because of my spiritual condition. And God has revealed to me over time, over these last few years, this, this truth, this, this concept, this revelation of I was killing myself. I was killing myself. And... I didn't, I didn't really realize it, you know, it, you know, you get little at a time, but I was actually praying for someone else one day, and, um, and God said to me, um, the woman was sick, and, and, and God said to me uh, to tell her that the sickness that was manifesting in her body was because of her attitude towards her husband. Because he says we are one flesh. And so by what we call hating on her husband, she was hating on herself. And that was very powerful for me because it was the first time I really understood how much authority we have over our bodies. And how much power we have in this natural world. And so I began to seek God about these things that were plaguing me. And so he began to reveal to me that it was what I thought about him and how I believed about him that was hindering my healing, that was hindering my restoration, that was hindering me becoming who I thought God wanted me to be. You know, I, I had things about myself that I knew uh, I needed to 
do differently or change. And I knew that God was calling me to these things, but I was working so hard in myself, I wasn't letting him do it. And so I got these, these huge revelations and they just kept coming and coming, and I would spend more and more and more time just worshiping him, just in his presence, just just talking to him and communing with him. And, and then earlier last year, I got really sick, and, and I, um, I just started meditating and and uh, well, first I was trying to get healed. So that was that was what I was doing. I was trying to get healed. So all I kept doing was thinking about my symptoms. I just kept thinking about my symptoms. That's all, that was it, day or night. God, make this stop. Make this go away. Or, or speaking to it or, you know, whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like, like that was it. And then, and then all of a sudden one day God said, well, where am I in all this? And so, so I began to redirect my focus back to Jesus. And I started just, just meditating on him. And then I got right at the, I think it was the end of the year last year, I got really sick with vertigo. And for weeks, for weeks, I was miserable. I could not, I could not drive for like nine days because I, I couldn't even get up. I couldn't even get up. I mean, my husband was panicking because... I'm laying down for days and days. I wasn't eating because if I set up, I got sick. If I chewed, I got sick. It was a, ended up being some infection in my ears that they couldn't get rid of. But anyway, I kept, I kept. And then finally, I was like, God, make it stop. Make it go away. I was taking every medicine on the planet. I was taking so many this, that, and the other motion sick, anti-vertigo, whatever thing. I just felt like I was going to turn into a pill. And I got really frustrated, and I just said, that's it. I'm done. I'm done. I'm not taking nothing else. I can't stand it. It's making me sick in my stomach. I, I've had it. If I, I'll just lay here and die. Glory be, I'll go to heaven. <laughs> but I'm not going to think about it anymore. I'm not going to think about how I feel. I'm not going to think about what I want. I don't care if I stay dizzy forever. I'm going to worship you, God. I'm going to sing your praises. I'm going to declare how good you are. And I just, I couldn't read. I couldn't set up to read. I couldn't do anything. It was ridiculous. I couldn't talk because the vibration would vibrate and make me dizzy. I couldn't walk. It was really embarrassing. But um, anyway... And so I, but I just said, I don't care about anything else. I just focused on, on Jesus. I just began to focus on Jesus. I just began to thank him. And I began taking communion every day. And, and I began just praising him and, and declaring his good works and, and just reading uh, any scripture that I could manage to read. And that would be like my one for the day. And then I would just over and over and over in my head, I would just, I couldn't even say it out loud. I would just like, because I couldn't say, I couldn't even talk. And I did that for probably, I don't know, probably two weeks. And, and then I, I, one day, one day, it just started going away. And it was gone. The vertigo was gone. And then, and then my allergies were gone. And then my stomach issues were gone. And I still hadn't been taking medicine. Medicine I was on before I got sick, I said, Poof. I was on three allergy medications a day. You know I mean? I've taken since, I don't know when it was, October, September, July, I don't even remember, sometime last year, zero. 
Zero. I've had none. I don't have no migraines. I don't have no allergy symptoms. I don't have nothing. It's just, the, it's just being in the presence of God. It's just being in that attitude of worship. It is Him that brings all of that in our lives. And that's what we have to do. We just have to remain in that position. We have to remain there and not get distracted by the things of the flesh, by the things of this world and the things of this life. We have to remain steadfast in the presence of the Lord. And we do that in worship. We do that in worship. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Father, Father, I give you praise and glory. I thank you, Lord, that you are always teaching us and leading us. I thank you, Father, that you are always mindful of us, that your, your thoughts are stayed on us, that, that you have given us all things, that you have made sure that we don't lack anything, that you made sure that we have all that we need to be able to live the life that you have called us to live, the life that you have purposed for us. I thank you, Father, that you're gracious and merciful, that you show your love is never-ending and, and always, always, always toward us, Father, in that you have helped us through all of the trials of this life and all of the pitfalls and all of the traps of the enemy and the things that come to try to take us out of our place, to try to knock us from the position that you have given us and, and try to bring us down. I thank you that you are always given us strength and courage by your Holy Spirit so that we can withstand the enemy, that we can prevail and overcome the attacks and the fiery darts that he shoots our way. I thank you, Father God, for your sweet, sweet love that you pour out so freely and so generously. I thank you, Father, that all we have to do is, is just call out your name, just, just even think of you, just even have a thought of you. And your presence just rises up so big that we can just enter and we can just sit and we can just rest and we can, we can partake of your goodness. We can enjoy what you have given us and we can be a blessing to others. We can give your glory and your love to those around us. We can show them a better way. We can show them the way that is Jesus. We can show them the way to you through Jesus Christ. We can show them, Father, how good you are and how, how mindful of us you are. And Lord, I just praise you. I give you all the glory, Father, for everything. I thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. We just want to enter into that sweet presence of the Father. We just want to 
put our minds on him and just remember all of the goodness that he has put forth towards us and just meditate on on how much he loves us and just receive his blessing just receive his blessing right now just open your heart and take in all of the good things that God has given to you that he has purposed for you just receive him into your heart receive him into your spirit be filled be filled with his love and be filled with his presence just just tell him just talk to him and tell him how thankful you are and and how wonderful he is and and how much you appreciate him and just remember all of the things that he has done for you and for your family just remember just remind yourself stir yourselves up thank you jesus thank you lord hallelujah Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I give you praise and glory. I thank you, Jesus, that you have made a way for us to get to the Father. I thank you, Jesus, that you laid down your life, that you were the sacrifice that I don't have to be, the sacrifice that I can rely on and I can depend on, the sacrifice that has assured every promise that God made. You have sealed his word forever and ever. And I thank you, Jesus, that you have given me that, that you have made a way. I give you praise and glory. I just honor you. I lift up your name. I lift up the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, you are good. Lord, you are good. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Your goodness is forever. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Oh, you are worthy, worthy, worthy of all praise, of all adoration. You are worthy of all that we have to give, Lord. My life is, is just a small, small thing, Father, because you are worth so much more. You are so good. You are so magnificent and beautiful and glorious. You are above everything, every other God, every other name. There is none like you. There is none above you. There is no one else. You hold the highest place, Father. You are the most high. You are the sovereign Lord. You are the King of kings. You are the beginning and the end. You are everything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming tonight. Thank you for letting me speak, Pastor Karen. <laughs> um, we will have some ladies that are available if anybody would like prayer, um, would like someone to pray with you about anything, would like someone to just pray with you uh, and be in the presence of the Lord. If you have a need, don't leave here tonight. 
with that need still in tow, you don't want to take it with you. You want to leave it here. You want to leave it. So make sure that you, you know, come and see uh, one of the ministers if you need prayer. Uh, we probably have some snacks and stuff still out there, so you're welcome to stay and fellowship, take some pictures, eat the rest of the goodies. If you didn't get a bag, make sure that you get one. And um, so I'm going to uh, turn it over to Miss Kylie, and she's going to close us out. Ma'am, man, <laughs> that's such a good word. I just want to, can we just like all like have a slumber party here and just have Wonder Woman all day tomorrow? Can we do it? That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Who needs work, right? The kids can feed themselves. We can just stay here. Um, oh, so good. Thank you. Thank you for that. That was a good reminder. Um, so announcements, doors open at 630 tomorrow. Please come back. We love you. <laughs> Please be here tomorrow. I know it's Friday, and I know that you guys are got an entire day of everything come like bombarding you. And there's going to be something here tonight that the enemy is going to want to pull you away from. Please be intentional and purposeful to get here. There's a word for you. Um, so doors open at six six thirty. Come early for appetizers and photos. You want to beat me to the food. Because I'm going to eat. I'm ready. Um, our hashtag is, w, is hashtag WWC2022. So put that on there and we'll find you. <laughs> and then wear your Wonder Woman shirt. So if you didn't buy a Wonder Woman shirt, we do have other Wonder Woman shirts out there available. The orange ones. And then I think there's a couple left of the ones that we have that's not up there. Or wear an old one. Yeah, wear an old one. Montana and I, we favor the red one. The red one's our favorite. We're going to talk to you about that later. About next year's shirts. We want the red ones. <laughs> we love them. Those big ones, the ones that have the holes in them. <gasps> She's wearing one in the back. Amber's wearing one. The favorite. Yeah. That's the, oh, love it. Love it. Um, so, yeah, wear your Wonder Woman shirts. We have other Wonder Woman shirts available. Please come. We love you. We want to see you. Just like Pastor Rebecca said, each and every one of you are created with intention and purpose and the characteristics of God. And so we want to experience what God has placed in you. So come spend time with us. So I'm going to pray this out and we're going to dismiss. So God, I just thank you for today. I thank you for the heart of this house, Lord, that you have, have given purpose and mission for this home. God, that each and every one of these women are coming and they're being filled up with more of you, Lord, that there's a pursuit and a hunger and a desire for more of you, God, and that as we continue to live our lives as a submission and sacrifice, Lord, that we pursue worship for you, God, that we will not shy away from the purpose that you've placed on our lives. And they won't, we won't cower to the culture that's around us, but we will stand emboldened and empowered to be your chosen mighty women of God that stand against the enemy. And we speak over our jobs and we speak over our families and our children and our partners and our, our friends and our family, Lord, that we come together united and that we hold you and our focus and our center and that we place you above all else, that you are our everything. And we lay it all down before you, whatever you ask, God, take it all. 
So I thank you for tonight. I thank you for Safe Travels Home. I thank you that each and every woman here it feels refreshed and revived and ready to receive the word for tomorrow that's deposited, that soaks deep and saturates every cell, every fiber of our being, and that this weekend will be a weekend to remember. I thank you that you're so good, that you are good, that you are the true good, that there's nothing outside of you that can compare to how good you are to us. So we thank you for who you are and who you created us and designed us to be and who you say we are. And we will hold on to you and your word. In your name we pray. Amen.